You're listening to Ted Shuttlesworth's Faith Alive Network, spreading the healing gospel of Christ to our world. Thank you, Brother Steve. This is Brother Shuttlesworth, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And you're going to be blessed as you listen today. Go with me now into a live service. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me, please, to the Acts of the Apostles. This book of Acts, the things that the Holy Ghost did through men and women yielded to him, is an example of us of a New Testament pattern for the church. The other day I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking about how have been raised, I would say, being raised in the Pentecostal experience, how that there seemed to be uh, not as much messages in tongues or even, of course, the interpretation in tongues. And I said, you know, it's been a long time since we've heard that. Used to be in our services, there was always messages in tongues, interpretation of tongues, and great things would happen when the Spirit of God would speak. And I said to him, I've come to the conclusion there's three reasons why we're not seeing that manifestation. I said, one, the Bible says my people, you and I, perish for lack of knowledge. I said, maybe we're not teaching on it like we should. And he said, yeah. He said, Brother Shuttlesworth, I believe that's right. I said, the other reason is not just the ignorance of it, as the scripture declares, but I said it could also be because uh, we're not allowing people in these meetings to yield to the Holy Ghost like we should. In other words, we come in with a plan, we'll sing these songs, we'll do this, we'll do that, but we make no room for the moving of the mighty Spirit of God. The third reason, and I pray it's not so, but I believe it's probably the main reason, that the modern day church has grieved the Holy Spirit in that we've not made room for him, in that we've not sought to allow him to move in our hearts and minds. And we've become more dependent upon the plans and the uh, teachings of men than we are dependent upon the mighty word of God and the spirit and the word agree, the Bible says. So if it's not being taught, there's nothing for the Holy Spirit to agree or work with. It's that, that word is translated in the King James. And so I said to my wife, I'm going to set myself aside, which I did for the last few weeks, just to wait on the Lord and to pray. And God began to speak to me along the lines of emphasizing the moving of the Spirit of God in a mighty way. And so in these messages uh, during the day, with God's help, I want to encourage you to yield to the Holy Ghost to make room for him to move in your life and in my life and to be open to the Spirit of God to operate in one of these nine gifts of the Spirit that uh, uh, Paul taught in Corinthians to the Corinthian church. And in particular, he spoke of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Are you listening to me? 
Now, in your Bible, there are four kinds of tongues that the Bible teaches. Uh, the Bible says in Corinthians, there is uh, the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. And so two of the kinds of tongues mentioned in the New Testament are the tongues of men. For example, Spanish and German and French and English. These are the tongues that men speak with. And then, of course, uh, angels have their own language that they speak. And then there is what the Bible calls the, uh, 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 the gift of tongues that is listed in 1 Corinthians. Uh, and there it speaks of, uh, it is a manifestation and a demonstration of the Spirit. And the Bible says, Paul said, it profits with all. And so there is an advantage that are in these operations. And in this lesson today, we're going to deal with the tongues of men. But you're going to see that each of the four kinds of tongues in the Bible have their own advantage. There is something good that will happen in your life when you learn how to yield to the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? And then the Bible speaks of the unknown tongue, where we speak unto God. And the Word of God teaches us that there are certain advantages that when you pray in tongues or speak with that unknown tongue, that there is a, a direct link or communication to the Father when you do that. Now, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to begin to read with the first verse. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, everybody say suddenly. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. You know, the sound of Pentecost is not like any other group or any other church. We have a certain sound. Are you listening to me? And the sound, I believe, came from, originated from heaven itself because the Bible says so. Can you say amen? And it not only came from heaven, it came as a rushing, mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Notice this. It filled the room. It filled them. And then later in another passage it says, and they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine. When the Spirit gets moving, there is a multiplication factor involved. It filled the room. It filled them, and later it filled Jerusalem, and we could even say it has filled the whole wide world. Can you say amen? And then there is that process of being filled with the Spirit. But when they were filled with the Spirit, the Bible says they all began to speak. Say that with me. They all begin to speak. There is the utterance of it. So when the Spirit of God comes in you by this mighty baptism from heaven, the, uh, the Word says, excuse me, the Word says that they begin to speak. So the first evidence 
And I'll show you this this week in the five instances in the book of Acts. Speaking with tongues was the initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Now, some of our friends in another group say that tongues is not the initial evidence. There are many evidences. But when you read the book of Acts, and I'll show you this week, in all of the incidences where the Spirit came and people were filled, they either spake with tongues or it was inferred they spake with tongues in one passage. Are you hearing me? And so the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues. It is the initial evidence. It is the first overt evidence. When you're filled with the Spirit, they all begin to speak. Say that again. They all. Now notice it didn't just say some. And so if some of our friends in another group believe that, then they all wouldn't have done it. It would have been the different manifestations that they teach in their group. But no, the Bible says they were in one accord. Everybody say unity. unity. And they all begin to speak. Everybody say agreement. One of the things you're going to find when the Spirit is moving, there will be a spirit of unity and there will be a spirit of agreement. Can you say amen? How many of you are glad for your brothers and sisters that are here today? Just lift your hand and thank God for the family of God. Verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the words or Utterance. Verse 6, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And so there were, a, although there were 120 people receiving the Holy Ghost, the diaspora that had come back to Jerusalem, the Jews that lived in other nations, were surprised because a man was listening and perhaps he was from a far off country where they spoke Arabic. He heard him speaking in Arabic. Someone else heard him speaking like the Gauls where the Jews had gone up into that part of southern France. And everybody of that diaspora, once a year, the Jews would come back to bring a sacrifice and offer to God, they all heard them speak in their own language. And so even though there were only 120, the diaspora, they believe, consisted of at least 150 to 200 different nations and kingdoms that came back during that time. And yet each person, you talk about supernatural. You're over here, you hear them speaking in your language. She's over here, she hears them speaking in their language. That is the supernatural power of God. But I personally believe that those that were being baptized in the Holy Ghost did not know the language that they were speaking. They were being filled and speaking by the Holy Ghost. But later in this series, I'll uh, talk to you a little bit about the unknown tongue and how we know that. But I want you to get this in your spirit. It was number one, supernatural. Number two, of course, it came from heaven. And number three, it filled every one of them. How many are glad you can be filled with the spirit of almighty God? Can you say amen? Years ago, I worked with an evangelist. His name was R.W. Shambach. How many have ever heard of him or you remember that name? 
And Brother Schambach was raised in an Assembly of God church in Harrisburg, where later my father took the church and pastored it. And so his sister, we called her Aunt Margaret, and his brothers, uh, we called him Uncle Jim and Uncle Leroy. Uh, these were my Sunday school teachers growing up. And Brother Schambach and my dad, another guy by the name of Landis, who was a preacher, they all were influenced by a minister who was in the early days of Pentecost. His name was Leo Starner. And he believed in praying in tongues before he would preach, before the service began. Brother Starner, he was an old man when I was young, and he'd give us boys, his grandson Robbie, who teaches at uh, one of our uh, Bible colleges, and uh, uh, Jimmy and Paul and Howard and some of us around the altar, and he said, boys, we're going to pray till you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And he'd pray, and tears would run down his cheeks. He had a tender heart. And he'd say, oh, God, use these boys to preach the gospel. Use these boys by your power. Then he began to speak in tongues and pray in tongues and lay his hands upon us. And I tell you, even though I was ornery, I felt something come on me that was not me. Amen. And it straightened me up. Hallelujah. Well, Brother Schambach went to CBI in Springfield, Missouri, and a revival broke out. And in that revival, classes were suspended because people were just getting slain in the spirit. They were laying in the hallways of the boys' dorm. They were in the cafeteria, and the Spirit of God was moving. And suddenly, many of them that never had the baptism in the Holy Ghost started getting filled by the Spirit. Well, Brother Schambach had come out of World War II in the Navy, and he said, uh, I, I believed in it and I heard about it, but I never had my baptism. And so here he is studying to be in the ministry, but knows he needs the power of the Holy Ghost. So he began to pray. And suddenly the power of God came on him. He said, I heard myself speaking in a language. I just didn't know what it was. And he began to pray. And God baptized him in the Holy Ghost. And then he said he went over to the chapel. And it happened a second time. But he said the language sounded different. But he said, I knew I was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, see, it was an unknown tongue to him. There happened to be uh, a gentleman from Greece that was in that Assembly of God Bible College. And he came over to Brother Schambach. He said, I didn't know you were a Greek too. Brother Schambach said, I'm not a Greek. Well, he said, I heard you over in the dormitory speaking perfect Greek. I understood every word you were saying. Brother Schambach said, get out of here. What was I saying? Well, he said, basically, you were saying God is good. Jesus is the Lord. The Holy Ghost has come. And he started, and Brother Schambach said, I had to watch it. I almost started speaking in tongues again. Now, he was baptized in the Holy Ghost, but he didn't know what he was speaking. Everybody say, the unknown tongue. So it's unknown to the speaker, but it can be known to God, and even as we read here in the sixth verse, it can be known to other men from other nations. But to you that are being baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, thank God. Oh, I feel it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just ask God to fill you with the Holy Ghost afresh. Woo, glory to God. Glory. Somebody say glory. Glory to God. But he said, I wondered, Brother Schambach said, and he told me this story when we were in New York City. He said, I wondered, I wondered what 
was the second language that I spoke in the chapel. He said, I wondered about that. And he said, I was standing there and just thanking God. And a man, Brother Demiani from Pennsylvania, came over to him and said to Brother Shambach, Paisan! Italian for brother. <laughs> brother Shambach said, what do you mean Paisan, Brother Demiani? He said, I heard you speaking in Italian. And it was wonderful. Now the man from Greece told him what he spoke in the... Uh, the dormitory was Greek, but what he had spoke as he felt, the unknown tongue, being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Brother Demiani said, that's Italian. And Brother Shambach said, praise God. He said, no wonder I like spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> I could hear him saying it. And I worked with him for many years, traveled with him. But you see there, it's still an unknown tongue to the speaker. But it could be a known language somewhere in the world according to Acts chapter 2 and verse 6. So you need to remember that the tongues of men played a part in the day of Pentecost and in the outpouring of the Spirit. Now let's think about that for a minute because God is the one that created the different languages. I want to thank every one of you that are listening to Faith Alive Radio Network. I'm excited about this and I am looking for people to stand with us on a monthly basis as partners to help us take the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. I've used this saying for many years, our cause is Christ, our compassion is for souls and our commitment is to the world and no matter what nation of the world that you're listening to this faith alive network whatever nation you're in you are a part of god's end time plan jesus taught us to go out into the highways and hedges and to compel people to come in and by your support as a partner you can help us do this if you'll go to www.tedshuttlesworth.com forward slash give, you can sow a gift today to help us.